Pastor Leon and his wife Sheila founded Gospel Tabernacle Church in 1982 in the heart of Lawrence, South Carolina. Since then, the Lord has richly blessed and increased the ministry and family of Gospel Tabernacle Church. Here at Gospel Tabernacle, we believe in the power of the Word of God to change the hearts and lives of believers. Gospel Tabernacle is a family church ministering to the whole family through the charismatic teaching ministry. Today's message will grow your faith and draw you close to the Lord as you open your heart to God's Word and His Spirit. And uh, let's make our confession as we do before the Lord. Everybody say this. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. And I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same. I'm about to receive the indestructible, incorruptible, the ever-living seed, and I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, somebody shout hallelujah. Amen. That sounds good. God bless you. You can be seated. Open the Bible with me this morning to the book of 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. I'm going to share some things with you along the same line that I spoke with you about uh, last Sunday, and I just sort of got into some things last Sunday and nowhere near got finished. And um, I've also been feasting on something brand new that I'm doing as well that I'm sharing with you again here today. And I know we're not going to make it to the end of this today, but I'm going to get you headed in that right direction anyway. Uh, in the past several years, the past number of years, I have been greatly concerned over the condition of America and what is going on in America, and more to the point of the absolute craziness that is going on in America, where people have seemingly, and not seemingly, they have, uh, lost their minds, and people are living with uh, a voided, empty space between their ears and the top of their head that we used to call a brain that it seems like many people do not have any longer. I have found uh, the, the uh, instigator of that. I have found out what is going on. I know exactly what is happening. That's what I'm sharing with you beginning last week and now, and in fact, the next number of weeks that I'll minister, I'll be sharing along this for, the, uh, for, for, for quite a while as, as the Lord gives it to me. And so I'm going to continue that today. And so uh, in the scriptures, in the book of 1 John, notice what John said in verse 18, 1 John 5, 18. The Bible says, we know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not or he does not practice sin. But he that is begotten of God keeps himself, and that wicked one touches him not. How many can thank God that the devil doesn't touch you? Somebody say amen. Uh, that's where you want to live. Verse 19. And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lies in wickedness. Let that sink in. The whole world lies in wickedness. Verse 20. And we know that the Son of God has come and hath given unto us understanding that we may know him that is true and that we are, are, are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. And this is the true God and eternal life. Little children, last verse, keep yourself from idols. Keep yourself from idols. God's Word translation says this, Dear children, guard yourself against false gods. There is only one God. We know him as the Father God. But that being said, the world has created many gods. They're not God Almighty, of course. But the world has created many gods, and the devil has empowered them so that they act like gods. Some even talk like gods and demonstrate themselves to be gods. On my graphic that I have here, I have a graphic of one of the key gods of the Old Covenant. His name was Baal, B-A-A-L. There's another god called B-E-L. In fact, there's numbers of them, we'll see. But his name was Baal, B-A-A-L. And you see him there uh, seated on this throne that they have built for him. What you're looking at is nothing any more than maybe a bronze statue or maybe sometimes golden or different things that they would make them out of. And you see in front of him a priest representing the people, priest of Baal, and the priest is offering a little child up unto Baal and is offering men sacrifice to Baal. The, the Bible talks about that. Turn back to Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 16. Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 16. 
We know the story that when God created the heavens and the earth in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, placed man in that beautiful garden, that man and woman sinned, and for their sin they were cast out of the garden. At that point, what you see is the devil creating a religion of worship of himself, a religion that is extended all the way down to the day we're at right now. It has never stopped. He has continued to do that work. And right now, unless your eyes are open, you won't see it. Because the work of the enemy, and the Lord showed this to me just two days ago, I guess it was. And uh, I've known it before, but he made it very real to me in the book of James, chapter 1. When he talks about that when you sin, we are drawn away of our own lust. When you sin, it feels like it's you. It feels like it's natural. It doesn't feel like it's a devil or demon or spirit that's out here that's trying to get in. It feels like it's you. And then we say things like, well, I just got to be me. I, you know, I have the freedom to live my life as I am. And, and people nowadays are so warped they don't know who they am, if that's good English. But anyway, they don't. And, and so when you see that going on, recognize that the devil has been the instigator from the time of the Garden of Eden all the way till now. And his attempt is to take over the kingdom of God. That's what he wants to do. He's going to fail. But meanwhile, between then and now, throughout the history we're living in right now, he's going to wreak havoc on planet Earth. And he's doing it right now. I am very sorry to say this. I wish I could say something different. But we are in America what's called a pagan nation. A pagan nation is a nation that worships many gods. Many gods. Paganism. The, the pantheon of gods. The numbers of gods. And there's people all in America who have numbers and numbers and numbers and numbers of gods. We talked about that a little bit last week, and we talked about some of those things that as Christians we are to guard against, the different things that uh, would come against us in life and those kind of things. And so I'm going to take it a little more uh, to the spiritual side of it, which that is spiritual, but take it to the spiritual side when we see the devil actually moving in societies because he's moving in our society in America today. And unless children of God stand up and stand against him, we will all be overtaken by him. I'm persuaded that there are people in, in, in this place in this church, in planet Earth today, people in America that will stand up. How many will be one of them? Say amen. That's what I want to be. Now then, in looking, let me get where I need to be right here. In looking at this, look at Deuteronomy 32 and verse 16. Notice something. Deuteronomy 32 and verse 16. They provoked him to jealousy with strange gods. Everybody say strange gods. Something different, something weird, something unusual, strange things, strange gods. I saw a video clip, absolutely real, and, and, and Lord willing, we're working on some kind of technology to try to get this to you in the next number of weeks. But uh, I saw a video clip, the most sad thing I've ever seen. It was a young man who lives his life as a dog on a leash. And he walks on all fours and he eats dog food. And he lives out on the streets of New York. And, and, and you know, he, he's it's strange, isn't it? I mean, you used to talk about sin, and we talk about the Ten Commandments. And, of course, there's a lot of sin that's, you know, we shall not do, of course. But now we're into this strange, weird stuff. Unbelievable things are happening. Just this week, just this very week that you and I are in, a young boy who says he is a young girl who had had his body surgically altered and things surgically removed, was invited to the White House in America to talk with our president about transgendered issues. Strange, weird, ungodly, an abomination, absolutely crazy people that we're dealing with. And yet, that's one thing for this young man to have done that and to be in his early 20s, but then go back and when they take it to those that are 13 and 14 and 15. Go back and take it to those who are 10, 11, and 12. Go back to the other day I heard that a two-year-old child was making a decision what gender they want to be. Is that unreal? Two years old, you don't know what you want to eat for lunch today. Except candy, I guess, you know. No. But then we as adults stand up and allow that to happen? Why? Because the adults, while they may not be two years old, may not have that being done themselves, they're following false gods. Unless you have your mind wide open to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, 
His word and the power of the Spirit of God to allow you to hear that word, you and I will be deceived. It is that strong in the earth today. What does the Bible say in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1, 2, 3, and 4, and 5? Notice all of them, the last days, perilous time shall come. And he talks about all the different things that are going to be happening in the last days that you and I are now living in. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3, that they're in the last days they come a falling away. The Bible tells us that even the very elect, Jesus said, Matthew 24, even the very elect would be deceived if it were possible. And so there's such a strong delusion, Second Thessalonians chapter 2 again, along about verse 7, strong delusion in the earth today. Strong. People don't believe it is the devil. They don't believe God has anything to do. They don't even believe in God. They think it's them. They think it's who they have discovered, who they are. Strong delusion in the earth today. And if you and I don't watch it, if you and I aren't alert, if we aren't careful, it'll take over our mind too. It's out there. This Baal God that you're looking at, Deuteronomy 32, verse 16. They worship strange gods with abominations provided, uh, provoke they him to anger. Somebody says, you know, God's God of love and grace and mercy and we love him. Yeah, he's all those things. But he's also God of wrath. And he's also a God that will open up hell one day and cast everybody that's wicked and ungodly right in it too. Somebody say amen. I mean, you really ought to say amen to that. You don't get that in most churches in America. But that's the absolute truth. It's the absolute truth. It, it angered him. Verse 16. You, got, you don't want to get God mad. Uh, who, who was it that, that George, that preached uh, it's a, a horrible thing, terrible thing to fall into the hands of an angry God? And that brought a revolution of a religion to America 150 some odd years ago. Don't let yourself fall into the hands of an angry. You don't want to make God mad. Worshiping Baal does. You don't want that. Notice verse 17. They sacrificed unto devils, not to God, to gods whom they knew not, to new gods that came newly up, whom your fathers feared not. In other words, when these people here in Palestine, Israelites, who built their God and decided they didn't want the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jehovah God, and built their own, that may have looked like they were worshiping this God of bronze or of stone or of gold or whatever they made it out of at that time. It may look like they were worshiping that God. But Deuteronomy tells us, no, no, no. They sacrificed to devils. Behind every false God, there is a demonic spirit and a devil that empowers that false God. And so what you see when you see that type of sacrifice, old covenant days, when you see that, you would naturally see somewhat what we're seeing on this woodcut that I've got here that you were looking at uh, of, of those times. But, but that's not what's happening. What's happening, there's a devil that has orchestrated that, a demon, if you will, Shadim, as it's called in the Old Test Covenant, that's inside or the spirit or is gathered around it to cause all these people to worship this false and this fake God. And God says that angered him. In the Old Testament, you can look at it. I don't know how much study you did on it. Uh, I've done more, I guess, in the last two months than ever. But you can look at it in the Old Testament false gods. You've got just a few of them. I, I come up with, there's about 60. But here's a few of them. Uh, Asherah, Ashtaroth, or Ashtoreth, depending on the plural singular. And Ishtar, Baal, Bel, Chemos, Dagon, Hadad, Marduk, Malik, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, Tam, uh, Tamuz, numbers of them in the Old Covenant. He said, what about what happened in the New Testament? Listen to this. New Testament, Jesus reminds us about Beelzebub, right? Remember we, we, we heard that language used about him, Beelzebub. They called him that. There was Jupiter. There was Zeus. There was Hermes. There was Mercury. There's Oracle of Delphi, the python, that snake god in Acts chapter 16. The unknown god, Artemis, that, that female god. Diana, the son, sons of Zeus, Castor and Pollux that are mentioned there. In fact, one of the last ones you see is the image of the beast itself that will be erected in the last days. And people will worship the image of the beast, the Antichrist. And the Bible said that the devil will give that, that image power like this to speak and to talk. I mean, my. If, if this is not the day and age for that, I don't know what it is. Because you, you can see this headed this way and coming this way. And, and, and so when you see we're in a world that has become overtaken by gods and they were worshiping them in Israel. Look with me again. Psalms chapter 106. Psalms 106 verse 34. Psalms 106 verse 34. God told the children of Israel, listen, here's the deal. When, when you come into the promised land, uh, you need to destroy all the heathen gods that are in the land. 
Because you don't, you're going to be worshiping too. And all these people that are out there, I throw them out and I gave them, I gave you this land and pushed them out because they worship these heathen gods. And God said to them, if you do the same thing, I'll do the same thing to you. I'll throw you out too. And he told them not to worship these false and heathen gods. And in Psalms 106 verse 34 says this, they did not destroy the nations. They didn't do what God told them to do concerning whom the Lord had commanded them. But they were mingled among the heathen and they learned their works. That's what happens when the gods begin to take over. You begin to get mingled with them. It's like they're all around you. You're in the midst of them, and they're, they're part of your life. They're part of your culture. They're part of your civilization. They were mingled with the heathen, and they learn to work like they work and do like they do, to understand life the way they understand it, to, to, to walk and live their life and become an acceptance and here's what finally happens in this. When a culture like you and I are living in right now, we, we have these steps. There's numbers of them. We'll, we'll get into this. But, but basically it happens this. The, the things that you used to reject, when you see a, a culture uh, slide down, backslide, fall away from God, turn from God, the things that you used to reject, you now accept. I can take my education that I had from back in the 70s, and compare it to education people are getting today, and it's completely different. I remember we studied a thing called abnormal psychology. And a number of the things that were, we studied in abnormal psychology are no longer called abnormal. They're called normal. And what happens is this. The things that you used to accept, you now reject. And the things that you used to reject, you now accept. It flip-flops. And now the good is called bad. So they tell us. And the mind has twisted, and it has flip-flopped in the day and age that we're living in, to where things are just so unrecognizable of what's going on and what's happening. Notice this, verse 36. They serve their idols, which were a snare unto them. Yes, they sacrificed their sons and their daughters unto devils. And people are doing that this very day. How did they do that? It started in 1973 when we made abortion legal in the land. And I know just a few months back we said the the federal courts, thank God, thank God, a good decision. Federal courts said, no, no, it's not the law of the land according to the Constitution. It's up to the states. And now you've got this big battle in the states or what the states are going to do. And I think we ought to make the very best laws we can make, the, the laws that are right, the laws that are good, the laws that honor and protect the sanctity of life. Absolutely. But when you've got a society that has turned away from God, they don't respect the laws. And you're seeing that now in so many things. That, you know, they, they do all kind of things under their guise and, and get away with it. And there's, you, would not have to, you would have to have your eyes closed and your ears shut up and not been in the world for the last hundred years to know that there are two, two spears of justice in America today. The side that the evil gets and the side that the righteous gets. And it goes different way. Both can commit exactly the same acts, and there's different outcomes depending on which side you are on. It's, it's an amazing thing we're seeing. Look at verse 37. They sacrificed their sons and daughters to devils, and they shed innocent blood, even the blood of their sons and their daughters whom they sacrificed unto idols, idols of Canaan, that the land was polluted with blood. They were defiled with their own works, and went a-whoring after their own inventions. Therefore was the wrath of the Lord kindled against his people, insomuch that he abhorred his own inheritance. In other words, God the Father says, Israel is my chosen people. Now I, don't, I can't stand them. They have so turned from God, I can't stand them anymore, God says. He abhors them, is the language that is used. Verse 41, and he gave them into the hand of the heathen. Why is it? We're eyes wide open. Why is it that China and Russia and Iran can do anything in the world they want to do right now? Anything. What's happening is we're being turned into the hands of our enemies. Why is it that China's arrived at such a superpower financially? We're being turned into the hands of our enemies. It's happening. Why is it that we have America going around the world begging for stuff, wanting somebody to help us, that kind of thing's going on? Why? We're being turned into the hands of our enemies. Exactly what happened. Why? Worshiping false gods. 
I mean, you know, if God did it to his chosen people, Abraham, whom he's called, Isaac and Jacob and the 12 sons of Jacob and all the host of Israel whom God loved. And if he said to them, you worship these false gods <laughs> and you're going to incur the wrath and the anger of God, and you're going to lose the land. Don't think America would be any different. How could we be any different? We're his covenant people. They were his covenant people. They were his covenant people. Notice verse 41. He gave them into the hand of the heathen, and they that hated them ruled over them. Their enemies also oppressed them, and they were brought unto subjection in, under their hand. That's what you've got to look forward to in America unless America turns back to God. Now, I'm praying for America to turn back to God. How about you? But if we don't, right there is your future. In the New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 19, Paul said this. He was talking about people, that talking about what you should eat and what you shouldn't eat and that kind of thing and offer bread that were offered to idols. And Paul said, you know, as for me, it doesn't matter. I can eat anything just because you call that piece of stone up there an idol. It's nothing to me, God, Paul said. I mean, it don't mean anything to me. I mean, bread's bread. I don't, I don't care. But now some people looked at it as sacred and holy bread that was offered to idols and those kind of things. So there's a, there a big question about it. So Paul was answering that. And in 1 Corinthians ten nineteen, he said, What say I then, that the idol is anything or that which is offered in sacrifice to idols is anything? Question mark. I'm not saying that. But he said, This I do say, verse 20, that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils, not to God. And I would not that you should have fellowship with devils. We don't want anything to do with the devil. No fellowship with devils. I mean, but this world's going to try to force it on you. And every, you go to school, they'll try to force it on you. Go to college, they'll try to force it. You know, please understand what I'm trying to say. I, I don't know. I don't know. And you can judge me for this if you like. But I don't know if a, if a liberal arts education in, in America anymore is not one of the worst things that ever happened to America. Because I've seen kids go into college believing in God, trusting in the Lord as their Savior, and, and come out uh, the biggest messed up, ungodly, and wicked people I've ever seen. The educational system did it to them. And hey, <laughs> you look at your mindset. If you're a person, you know, in your 60s or 70s or you're a person in your 50s or you're a person in your 40s, 30s, keep backing it up. And you go on back and you get back and you finally find that grammar school child. That grammar school child doesn't think the way you do. They're not taught the same thing you're taught. They have taught, been taught something different, something ungodly and something wicked. It, it's a terrible thing. Is what is going on. And that mindset works its way through the generation till we finally have gotten to where we are at right now. It's at work in the earth. It's going on. It's taking place. People are worshiping idols. People are worshiping devils. People are worshiping their own creations. People are worshiping themselves. They are worshiping time. They are worshiping money. They are worshiping sex. They are worshiping all these kind of things in this earth. Tremendous things they are worshiping day and night. Everything it seems but God Almighty. And many times, sad to say, the church has become so scared. It's afraid to open its mouth. And call sin, sin anymore. It's an incredible thing to look at. It's a terrible thing to see some of the churches that are participating in this stuff. God forbid. God forbid. I told you last week, three Sundays ago, on that, you know, everybody is uh, okay day on Sunday that they had. And four of the denominations that I mentioned to you that, that all had in their churches drag queens preaching and teaching the service. If you ever, if you ever find a drag queen preaching in this service right here that I'm a part of, and, and I'm here and they're here preaching, drag me out and stone me. Because I have done you wrong. And God forbid, I mean, I hate, you know, I don't like calling names against people that day, but they're, I'm talking mainline denominations. We got two of them in here in our own town. It's incredible what is happening. And so if we don't get our eyes open, see clearly what is going on, and then make a stand, we'll not move on the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm going to stand on what God said. Jesus said this in the New Testament. I know people like to break it down. 
And, and sometimes the church is responsible for some of that stuff in the past, bad doctrine they taught. But, but Jesus himself said, when they asked in the beginning, it was not so. Marriage is between a man and a woman. That's it. That's the only two choices you got. Anything else, you just playing with your mind, and the devil's been messing with you. Man, that's all it is. And the people that tell you that, and the people that believe, they're the smart ones, not you. You've lost your mind. I mean, if, you know, if I came up to you and said that, well, I don't know. People believe that, that guy in New York is a dog. Unreal things are happening. Unreal things. Well, becoming, they're not reality, but they're there. All right, let me give you a few things. I have a few minutes I need to share with you. Let me give you something here. In the Old Testament, they became worshipers of false gods. It was not designed that way. God didn't want it that way, and it wasn't created to be that way. But it eventually happened to them. Let, let me read you from a writer, and this is a little book material I want to read you, from The Triumph of Christianity by Bart D. Ehrman. He said, everyone in the ancient world except for the Jews were pagan. Imagine living in a world where everybody but you are serving false gods. And when the Jewish people came out of Egyptian bondage and God gave the law through Moses to the Israelite people telling them how to worship the one true God, they were coming to a land where nobody was doing that. And everybody were pagans, paganites, you know. Everybody was worshiping false gods. That is, they believed in many gods. These gods, what do they say to us today? If you say you're God, you're God. You want to be a God, you be a God. You be whatever you want to be. I mean, the foolishness, the absolute foolishness that goes on. When we had a Supreme Court nominee a few months ago was asked, what is a woman? And had the audacity to stand up and say, I can't tell you because I don't know. That's not my field of study. Well, it ain't my field of study either, but I do know the difference in a man and a woman. How about you? And we put somebody like that on the Supreme Court trying to decide our laws? My Goodness, it's incredible. It's incredible. You don't know, you don't know if a man is a man or a woman is a woman. Where you been? Where you living at? What's going on in you? Somebody's not just a man because they say they are. They're not just a woman because they say they are. They're a man or a woman because of their chromosomes. If X, Y, then you a guy. You got two X's, then you a woman. That's it. Follow the science. Somebody say amen. That's the science. But somehow they don't want to follow her then. Bunch of craziest people we living in. That's one good thing. I told Sheila here a while, but I'll be glad when I get to heaven. There won't be any idiots in heaven. I'll be so happy. He continued. He said, these gods, whether the state gods of Rome. Oh, my. This is coming. I can't get to it today. I got like 18 pages of notes. I'm on note one. The state gods of Rome, they were infested with heathen gods. But 400 years later, something's going to happen. The Roman Empire is going to turn to God through the preaching of the gospel. An incredible thing will happen. We'll get to that. The local municipalities, gods, they had family gods. They had gods of the forest, gods of the mountains, gods of the streams, gods of the meadows. They were active in the world. They were involved in humans on every level. Well, you see that today, too. They ensured that crops would grow and livestock would reproduce. They brought rain and they protected against storms. They warded off disease and they restored the sick to health. They maintained social stability and they provided military victories for the troops. I mean, these gods were people you really wanted to have around you. The gods would do such things in exchange for the proper kind of worship, like you see on the wall which at all times and everywhere involved saying the right prayers, performing the appropriate sacrifices. And if the gods were not worshipped in these ways, if they were ignored, they could bring disastrous retribution, drought, epidemic, economic collapse, military defeat, and so on. Epidemic? You mean the gods could bring epidemic into the earth? Like these last two, three years. And so Israel is injected into this place in Palestine. 
all this is going on, and everybody's worshiping every God but Jehovah God. Sort of like today. I mean, you go out, you find people worship anything and everything. Oh, they don't call it that. They don't call it that. I mean, they may not, you know, wouldn't uh, help you if you're on the side of the road, and they don't call it, you know, that they, they, they're possessed with their own time and their own self, and they're too important to help you. They don't, they don't call it, but that's the worship of God. They, they don't call it that they wouldn't give anybody, a, uh, you, you know, a, a dollar to give them a, a bottle of water, whatever the case, because they're so greedy. They, 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 don't, they don't call it they're worshiping money for that, but, but, but they are. And you find it, we, we labeled and changed the names of our gods, but, but they are still out there just the same. And remember, it feels like it's you. It doesn't feel like it's out there. It feels like it's you. Look with me in Leviticus 17, 7. God commanded Moses. He told him, he said, don't you worship these false gods. You're going in this land that's full of false gods. Don't you worship them. In Leviticus 17, 7, the Bible says, and they shall no more offer their sacrifice to devils after whom they have gone a whoring. This shall be a statute forever to them throughout their generations. Don't you ever worship a fallen God. Don't you ever worship a false God. Don't you ever worship an idol. Don't worship these heathen gods. God told Moses to tell the children of Israel, don't do it. That's what the people were doing before you got here. Now, don't you do it. Well, flip forward to Judges. I'm just walking through the Bible here a little bit. Flip forward to Judges, chapter 10, verse 6. That didn't last long. I mean, you find the children of Israel, when you look at Old Testament history, 4,000 years of it before Christ, you'll find the, the Jewish people up and down, up and down. And one day they're serving God with all their might, heart, soul, mind, and body. The next day they're serving Baal. The next day they're serving uh, Ahasuerus. The next day they're, they're serving, you know, Ishtar, they're some other Babylonian god or Phoenician god or Assyrian god. Or, you know, they're just in and out. And, and what happens? God says, you do that, you lose the land. He gives them space and opportunity to repent. And they don't repent. And several hundred years later, when they don't repent, he, you know, says Assyria is going to come down and take them over. Assyria. Then he said the Babylonians are going to take you over. Then he says the Romans are going to take you. And, and they just in and out, these kind of things. Even though God told them, don't you ever do it. Don't you ever, ever do it. In Judges 10, verse 6, as you work your way, they, they don't have a king yet. Judges are ruling the land after they come out of Egyptian bondage. And it says in verse 6 of Judges 10, And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam and Ashtaroth, the Ashtaroth God, female God here. And sometimes this, and we'll get into it, this female god Ashtaroth primarily showed herself as female. And she had the priests that were around her who were men, and they dressed as women in her court. And she herself would change herself from female and trans into male. Study it. It's all there. We're going to see it. It's all there. You might think that Ashtaroth might be lurking around somewhere today. I'll show you some scriptures on that as we get there. In verse 6 of Judges, the gods of Syria, the gods of Zidon, and the gods of Moab, and the gods of the children of Ammon, and the gods of the Philistines, and forsook the Lord and served not him. You're not serving God if you're serving all these other gods. Look at all the gods they're worshiping. How many of them are there? Balaam, Asherah, there's two and three, there's four, there's five, there's six, there's seven, there's eight. There's about eight or nine right there that they're serving. And you have this pantheon of gods. People serve different things, different kinds of gods in life. It's not the same one. Uh, you, you can serve your own God, whatever. Your truth is your truth, and I can't tell you what your truth is. That's where we live at today. It started back a number of years ago when you had to wonder whatever the word is, is. That's one of the first times I remember. I know it probably came before then, and it's come a lot after then. But your truth ain't your truth just because you say it's your truth. Your truth is your truth because truth is truth. A lie is a lie. And whichever side you get on, you can't just make up your own truth. And say, you know, you've got, got people walking around, and I tell people this all the time. They, they say, well, I am God. I said, you are? I said, create a world for me. I'll wait. And they hadn't created a world yet. There ain't no God. People say all kind of wacko stuff like that. It's easy. easy to, you know, if you just be real. And certain. But Israel served all these gods. They served them. Oh, it cost them thousands and thousands, millions of lives. 
cost them so much in the kingdom. Let me give you one of the saddest stories. Look at this, First Kings chapter 11. And let me tell you something. If these guys can get this fellow I'm about to read about, they can get you. If you don't very carefully be very greatly alert to what is going on. I, I am persuaded there are numbers of average normal people who the gods have affected them and they don't even know it. They don't even have a clue. They say stupid stuff like, well, I think everybody would be able to love anything or anybody. Love who you want to love. No. No. Your physical body is not made to do that. All you got to do is take a little seventh grade health course and look at the female and male body, and you can tell that they are a certain design exists. Somebody say amen without going too far into that. Anyway, 1 Kings 11, verse 1. Here it is. But King Solomon, who was King Solomon? He was the what? As they said, he's the, the wisest man that ever lived, King Solomon. And if King Solomon could succumb to some of this stuff, oh, Lord God, I pray every day, Lord God, keep my mind clean. Keep my heart right before you, Lord. Lord, let my eyes see clearly. Let my ears hear rightness, Lord. Don't let me be led astray. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. I mean, you know, look at here. Here it goes. First Kings 11, 1. But King Solomon loved many strange women. I've seen a few strange women, and you be careful nowadays. You don't know if they're a woman or not. I mean, I mean, when a man wins Miss Missouri, or a or, or, or man wins, you know, Miss USA, or Miss World Pageant, or all, you, you be careful what you're looking at. Your eyes can deceive you. Somebody say amen. King Solomon loved many strange women. Solomon, you don't even know, man, what's going on today, but anyway. He loved many strange women, together with the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, the Ammonites, the Edomites, the Zionites, and the Hittites. I mean, these are, don't look at this and just think race or anything like that. It's talking about different cultures of people. Different servings of, of, of other gods, not the God of Jehovah. Any woman is a strange woman that does not serve the one and true and only mighty God. And Solomon found himself attracted to them and their weirdoness. Verse 2, of the nations concerning which the Lord said to the children of Israel, you shall not go in unto them, neither shall they come in unto you. For surely they will turn away your hearts after their gods. And Solomon clave unto those in love. In other words, God said, don't you go marrying them. Because when you do, they're going to bring their strange gods in. And when they do, when they do, you're going to follow them. I hate saying that. I don't even know if I want to mention the name or not. But there was a very wonderful minister of the gospel who could sing and preach and teach the word of God that came out of Oklahoma and there, and we just saw him all on the television in the 70s and stuff, and part of the singers of a particular group. And then later he went on his own, and he did the Azusa conferences, and he did a lot of things there. And he married a woman that was not national to America. I'm not saying it's wrong to marry somebody else. I don't care. But when they got strange gods, here's how it happened with him. He married them, and it was then that he determined, his first thing he w determined was that there was absolutely no hell. It was his first error. He went from the no hell to other things, other things, other things, other things, till now he fully embraces the transgender line. And, oh, man, I, I got books and tapes by him. Wonderful man of God. I love to hear him preach and teach. He's very good. He can sing. Wow, he can sing. But what happened? He married someone with a strange God. And when he did, that God became his God. Now, what I just mentioned to you, there's a number of people who don't believe that. There's a lot of people who say they're Christians. I don't believe in hell. I mean, oh, there's a heaven, all right, but there ain't no hell. And so a lot of people, somebody said, well, why do you believe? Because the Bible says there is. And Jesus warned us not to go there. And so anyway, but look at the key read. Solomon married these strange women. 
Verse 3, and he had 700 wives. When is enough enough? 700 wives, princesses, 300 on the side are concubines. My goodness, Solomon. A thousand. Woo, there's a lot to be said right there. But anyway, verse 4. And it came to pass. He must have lost his knowledge somewhere along there. Wisdom. Verse 4. For it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart after other gods. How sad that the man that's most wise of anyone we know, he turned away from God. Verse 4. His heart was not perfect with the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. For Solomon went after Ashtaroth, also known as Ishtar, depending on which civilization you see them in, whether it's in Egypt, whether it's in, you know, Phoenicia, whether it's in Syria, whether it's in Rome, whether it's in the Grecian gods, that they renamed themselves to wherever they're at. But Ashtoreth, with R-E-T-H, that is the plural of Ashtaroth with an O in it, and it's, it's, it's false god. That's taking place. It's that God that can change themselves and has a lot to do with sexual things. When after Ashtaroth, the goddess of the Zidonites, after Malcolm, the abomination of the Ammonites. When God mentions these gods, these false gods, they're, they're both called, you know, they're abominations. They're, they're no good. They're godless. They're, they're any, you know, don't have anything to do with them. Verse 6, and Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord. When America worships a false god, when America worships these things that we erect in our, our societies and call them God, those kind of, whatever they may be in our life, he said, that's evil in the sight of the Lord. And he went not fully after the Lord, as did David his father. Verse 7, then did Solomon, look what, what else he does. Not only does he marry the strange women who have the strange false gods and starts worshiping the false gods, but Solomon built a high place for Chemos, the abomination of Moab. And the hill that is before Jerusalem and for Moloch, the abomination of the children of Ammon. It is the spirit of Moloch that came into America back in 1973 in such a great way and produced abortion being legal in America. Moloch loves to have children that are sacrificed to this false god. That's what you see that in Old Covenant. When you read that, you'll find Moloch associated with child sacrifice continually. And so now think about it. Solomon is the man that built the temple of God. David wanted to. He had one in his hands. No, we'll let your son do it. And so David gave billions of dollars to Solomon to build the temple. And he builds it. And when he comes in, he prays that great prayer. Lord God, when people come to this house here when they pray. And Lord God, if there's famine in their land, Lord God, may, may it go away. If there's storms, if there's this or that, the enemy comes against us. Lord God, hear our prayer. And he dedicates the temple to God. And then he lives year after year and marries another one and marries another one and marries another one and marries another one and another one and another one. Another one. Come back today at 6 o'clock and I might be at 700. But um, another one, another one, another one, another one. Till finally all of their gods affect him. He worships their gods and said, now I, I built a God, you know, house for Jehovah God. Now I'm going to start building houses for the false gods. How can you turn so 90 degree and completely opposite of where you were, Solomon? And notice it says this. Verse 18, likewise, he did for all his strange wives which burn incense and sacrificed unto their gods. He's going to accommodate all of them. Verse 9, and the Lord was angry with Solomon. There it is. God keeps getting mad, don't he? And what is it that makes him mad? It's serving those false gods. He was angry with Solomon because his heart was turned from the Lord God of Israel, which had appeared to him two times. Twice. You remember Solomon had that dream when he was just a young man. He said, I, I, I want to lead your people, God. And God said, well, ask me what you want. He said, I just want wisdom so I can lead the people. That's all I want. And God said, well, I'm going to give you wisdom. And because I love you so much, I'll give you wisdom. And I'll give you all the will, too, that you, that you didn't ask for. I'll give it all to you. And God loved him so much. And God was on his side so much. And now God has become his enemy. God is against him now. Notice. The Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart was turned from the Lord God of Israel, which had appeared to him two times, verse 10, and had commanded him concerning this thing that he should not go after other gods, but kept not that which the Lord commanded. Now, what you find, we don't have time to read the entire Old Testament. What you find is Solomon loses his kingdom. 
God's gracious and mercy. He says, I'm not going to let you lose it in your day, Solomon, because your father David, I promised him certain things. But man, after you die, this place is gone. And Solomon died, the kingdom was split in half. Some, some odd thousand years after that, the kingdom was divided. And there's wickedness to the north, and there's wickedness to the south, and sometimes people are in, sometimes they're out, and it's getting devastated. The heathen come in, take over things. It's a terrible thing that happens when Solomon turned from the Almighty God and began to serve false gods. You see it happening. Let me tell you something. The wisest man that ever lived, Solomon. David, his father, a man after God's own heart. The children of Israel, God's chosen people. The land that God had promised to Abraham and his seed after him. Let me tell you something. When they go a whoring after other gods and worshiping other gods, and God comes against them in such a tragic and such a judgment way, don't think a miracle will escape. Unless we repent, there is nothing, as Apostle Paul said, but a certain judgment that is out there for us. Except we repent. My God. Rehoboam, Solomon's son, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 15. And he ordained him priests for the high places and for the devils and for the calves which he had made. His son Rehoboam that takes over when Solomon dies, he institutes this false worship with now with the priests that were in the house of God. It wasn't just outside where Solomon made all those things and different temples to serve the other heathen gods. But now when Solomon dies, his son Rehoboam brings it into the temple. Into the house of Almighty God. That's what you're seeing. When you see drag queens that are inside mainline denominations in America preaching the services two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and you see that happen, you saw abominations come into the houses of God. You needn't to think it will stand. Either there's repentance or there's judgment. It's the only two choices. Repent. Change your mind, change what you think, change how you live, change your God, repent, or judgment is at the door. In Zechariah chapter 13, verse 2, the Bible says, It shall come to pass, the prophecy is this, saith the Lord of hosts, that I will cut off all the names of the idols out of the land, and they shall no more be remembered. Also, I will cause the prophets and the unclean spirit to pass out of the land. He prophesied through Zechariah, prophesied through him. Tell him, there's a day coming, we're going to get rid of all this. Thank God I'm looking for that day. How about you? And what, what you find is this. Look at Luke chapter, chapter 4. By the time Jesus gets to planet Earth, he's always been here as, as the word, of course. But as he is incarnate, God in flesh, born of a virgin, in Bethlehem, by Mother Mary. When that happens, by the time he gets there, and Solomon was reigning about a thousand years before Christ, 950, somewhere along in there. And so he's reigning about a thousand years. So over the next thousand years, by the time Jesus gets there, do you know that the devil has taken over all the kingdoms of the world? Every kingdom on planet earth he has taken them over and this is what he said to jesus when he tempted him when jesus first starts his ministry the devil comes to jesus and let's get one thing straight i'm in charge here and i'm gonna make you a deal that you can't refuse look what he says in luke chapter 4 verse 5 and the devil taketh him jesus up into a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Those devils, those false gods, those idols, this witchcraft, this sorcery. The devil has now spun it worldwide. So that, so that, when people got to, imagine this. When people got <coughs> to North America, the Indian was worshiping the totem pole. Word for Asheroth is pole, pole gods. And the Indians were heathens when we got here. I got Indian blood in my family, okay? My grandmother, if I understand it correctly, was one-fourth Cherokee. And we love Indian people. Everybody say amen. But that is just what is going on. Worshiping the sun, the moon, and the stars, and the wind, and anything else. The host of heaven, as it talks about in the book of uh, Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 10. 
all these things were happening, taking place. When, when the people got to South America, they discovered these idols and these temples that were there. They'd been there thousands of years. And the pyramids of Mexico. And the different things they found in Australia. And what they found in China. And what they found in Japan. And what they found all over the world. You can find it where these gods are. You can find the zodiac in every continent on planet earth. That was here before we ever so called discovered America. All over the world. The devil had run his course. And he had infiltrated mankind. And caused the whole world to lie in darkness, as the text we just read earlier. And now he's telling Jesus this. He took him to the high mountain. He showed all the kings of the world in a moment of time. It's like a trophy. What you think, Jesus? And Jesus knew. And the devil knew. All these kingdoms are worshiping me. Look over it, Jesus. Look over it good now. Look over it real well. Because all this is mine. Verse 6. And the devil said unto them, All this power. Now I've got over all these kingdoms. I'll give it to you. And I'll give the glory, that worship and praise that the devil wants in his life. I'll, that, the glory of them, for that it is delivered to me. It's already been delivered to him. Undeniable. The devil said it was delivered to me. It was given unto me. And to whomsoever I will, I'll give it. Is what the devil said in verse 7. The devil is really saying this, Jesus, this is your lucky day. I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. I'm about to let you have this that I've got. And he tells him in verse 7, if you will therefore will worship me, all of this will be yours. The world today will tell you that worshiping false gods will make your life great and wonderful. I mean, they'll, they'll tell you, that you can get high and out of your mind and on drugs and dope and alcohol and everything else. Man, you, you'll be living the life. Do a, do a little search. Look, look in New York and look in San Francisco. Oh, my God. And, and, and look in Oregon. Look in Washington State. And just look at some videos and see all the people that are strung out on the streets, have nowhere to live, not because they lost their job whenever the market turned bad. No. They got nowhere to live because they would rather live with dope, drugs, and alcohol than they would rather live a solid life where they have to work every day and earn a living and live on the street, let the government support them, and see where they put the porta potties out there, that kind of thing. That's sort of my answer when they talk about it in the schools. And they have, whoever thought, bathrooms for boys and girls, and you want to accommodate those who are a boy but say they're a girl and those that are a girl but say they're a boy, give them a porta potty outside. Let them go out there. And put that up there, say trans potty, and you can go out there. It's unreal, the stuff that's going on in this world. Oh, they'll say it's fun. It's delightful. I mean, I, I, got, I got a relative that went out to California, uh, Sacramento, where the capital is, many years ago. And he, and he said everything's better there. They got better, uh, you know, places where they feed me. They got better places where they assist me. They got better homes I can stay in and uh, this and that and all kind of welfare on the, the county. and that kind of, He likes it. He's been out there 20-some years. He loves it. I mean, he, he, and he called me up just a couple of days ago. I'm, I'm sorry to tell you this. Called me up a couple of days ago and was talking to me. My uncle, and he said this to me. He said, I've been doing good. And he said, let me let you talk to social worker. Social worker on the phone said, yeah, he's doing good. Said he hadn't had a drop to drink in three days. That ain't good yet. Somebody say amen. You, you got, you got, that's, I'm glad you make it three days. I wish, but I've heard that three days a hundred times. But this world is just going nuts. The devil said, here it is, I'll give it to you. I mean, crazy stuff. Just two nights ago. Oh, Lord. Two nights ago, a very prominent husband of a politician in America was in his house doing drugs with a male gay prostitute and they ended up beating each other with hammers. This is a crazy world that we live in. The devil said, if you therefore will worship me, everything's yours. The devil will make you that offer. He'll promise you the world. But he don't deliver nothing. He'll promise you life. And he'll deliver to you death. 
he'll promise you wealth and riches and good times, happiness and joy. He'll deliver you sorrow, misery, and pain. That's what it all amounts to. Somebody said, well, maybe not right now. Well, you're right. Maybe not right now. Because the Bible does say concerning Moses that, uh, you know, he, he chose not to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. There is a season of fun. You, you can live a sinful lifestyle. And it can be fun for a while. But the end of that thing's death. And it's eventually going to take you out and take you down. And then the devil, you, you know, go to him then. If he was your best friend, go to him then. See what, what kind of friend he is then. He's out to steal, kill, and destroy. That's where he is. Verse 8, Jesus answered said to him, Get behind me, Satan. It is written. You worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. I've got tons more. I'll have to finish it later. But notice this. It is written. Your only safety, mine, my only safety, your only safety, for you to stay in this world with a right mind is the it is written part. This is the part that don't change. The world changes. They disguise it. They hoodwink us. They try to tell us in a little bit different way and that kind of thing. But this don't ever change. If you'll stay on this book, Solomon should have done it. He knew to do it. The man, the most wise man in the world, knew to do it. But his flesh, with them thousand women, and the spirits of those gods overcame him. What a sad thing. For a man to die lost and without God like Solomon. What a terrible thing. And God to rip his kingdom from him. What a terrible thing. Horrible thing. Don't let it happen to you. The devil will steal from you and rob from you and take everything from you that you love and that you cherish in life. Everything that is special to you. Everything in your life that you would give your life for. The devil will snatch that out come in a moment of time and rip it away from you. And in your sorrow and in your pain and your hurts, the devil will stand back and laugh. He doesn't deserve our worship. Not even a little bit. In the words of AJ's favorite guy, John Wayne, when they asked him if he had changed, John Wayne said, not one bit. That's how we need to be as children of God. We get on the word of God and we don't change one bit. Hallelujah. Sit up on your feet with me this morning. We'll pick up here another time. God is good to us. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, you need to ask him into your heart and life. If you're here today and you've known the Lord, but you've walked away from him, you need to return to him today in whatever form or fashion that you call it. If you're not right with God and you're hard in your life today, make things right with him. I pray that all of us will have many days in the future, but we do not know that, and we are not promised that. I pray that all of us will be kept from the evil and the adversary, but if you and I allow ourselves, he can come into our lives and take us over. Let's don't do that either. Your only safety and your security is making Jesus Christ the Lord of your life and walking and honoring his word as he has given it to us. And so if you're in the house today with our heads bowed and our eyes are closed and you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, or either you've been uh, known him before, but somehow you're not where you need to be with him today, and you want to make sure that you are, and you want me to pray with you, just slip up your hand and say, Pastor, please, I want you to pray with me because I want to make sure that Jesus is Lord of my life. I don't want to hold anything back. I don't want to run from God. I don't want to be out there at, at the hand, mercy of the devil because he has none, and I want to totally, completely give my life to the Lord. Anywhere, anywhere in the house today, anywhere in the house, if you're online, if that's you, if you're online and you're listening to me today, a number of you are, and if you're there, you can take this time to receive Jesus into your life or to either come back to him, whatever it is, to make peace with God in your life. Everybody pray this prayer with me. Lift your hands if you're in, in service. Come on. All in service. Lift up your hands. Everybody say, Father God, I come to you in Jesus' name. I accept you, Lord Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. I commit to you. I'll serve you all the days of my life. I thank you for the blood of Jesus that washed away all of my sins. And I thank you, Father God, from this day forward, my life is yours. In the name of Jesus, I pray, and I give you praise and glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this faith-filled message. Please connect with us at our website, gospeltabernaclechurch.com, so we can continue to be a part of your faith walk. 
And if you're listening today and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, now is the time to do that. Now, today, is the day of salvation. Pray this prayer with me. Dear Father, I believe you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sins on the cross. And you have raised him from the dead that I might be alive in him. Jesus, I confess you are Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, welcome. You're now in the family of God. You're a child of God. Connect with us. Let us know if you prayed that prayer. We want to be right there alongside you as you walk out this journey of faith in Christ. God bless you. 